MP, it feels like every area of life at the moment is undergoing revolution. I'm glad you said that, Bretto, because at this year's Wellness Summit virtual experience, all of our speakers are presenting on the revolution. Yeah, and it's such a topsy-turvy world right now. It feels like everything's been turned upside down, whether it's your finances, your food, your health, your longevity, your family. All of these things are just in such a state of flux right now that we really need to get the experts in to give us the lowdown. That's why we have Jason Witten on the financial revolution, Cindy O'Meara on the food revolution. Kim Morrison on the self-love revolution. Marcus Pierce on the longevity revolution. The great Brett Hill on the resilience revolution. Andrea Huddleston on the hormones revolution. And of course, Joe Witten on the food and family revolution. And for the first time ever, we'll have breakout sessions on the energy revolution, the career revolution, the barefoot revolution, the real food revolution, and the parenting revolution. All this and more at the Wellness Summit, September 11 and 12. Book your tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. I'd love to talk to you today about ways that you can save money while eating a healthy diet and living a healthy lifestyle. I know that it can get quite overwhelming and the budget can look a bit scary at times. Um, I get a lot of questions from people saying, how much do you spend on groceries? It is hard to work out for me because I do a lot of recipe development, so I buy probably more food than most people would. Um, and I also do a lot of bulk buying, so it's difficult to work out how much I spend per week because I may have bought enough meat for three months or enough nuts for six months, and so it's difficult to break it all down. But I just want to give you some of my tips for saving money on your groceries, and um, for those of you who are on a tight budget, maybe some of these things will be helpful for you. Uh, I often am sent emails or messages from usually mothers with small children trying to change the diet, especially when there's health issues in the family um, and really struggling with the budget and the stress that that can put on the home. And um, I know what it feels like. I've been there um, and I just want to give you a bit of encouragement that there are things that you can do to reduce that stress. Um, and I think the first thing that I would really say to you if you're in this situation is don't try to do everything at once. Um, the healing journey isn't something that happens overnight. We've been working on it for over 20 years in our family um, and we had to start with really basic steps and I think um, that's the secret is don't compare your journey to other people's journey and say, well, look where they are. I want to be there right now. This took me years to build up to the stage where I am now. And you just have to work on what's most important in small steps and then find the next thing to work on and work on that. And for you, the first step may be um, reducing toxins in the home. So it may be changing over your um, detergents and your body products um, little by little, one at a time, until you're feeling like you're more on top of that. It may be even making some yourself, which will save you money. Um, or it may be cutting out 
um, refined food and junk food from your diet first. Whatever it is you decide is most important for you to start with, start with that one thing. Don't try and do it all at once. Um, if you start trying to do everything at once, plus you're getting testing done, you're seeing integrated GPs, you're, you're trying to get the top of the range health foods, you're trying to, um, you know, do all of these things, it can really cause such strain and stress that you're going to set your health back by doing all this because you're going to be so anxious and overwhelmed. So one change at a time is really important. Also, don't, like I said, don't compare yourself to others because, you know, other people may heal faster than you or lose weight faster than you or be able to afford to go to health retreats when you can't or be able to get health services that you can't afford right now. But just remember that it did take them time to get to where they are and um, maybe they're making sacrifices in other areas. And I know for me, we made a lot of sacrifices in our early um, years trying to work through health and budget and afford to eat well. We kept life very simple. And if we did something together, it was like a bushwalk or we'd go to the lake together or waterfalls or um, things that were cheap and free. So there's a lot that you can do um, without having, um, you know, that, that expectation on yourself that is just really too much. Um, if you find that the people that you're following on social media are just making you feel like you're not enough, then maybe you need to find new people to follow. Um, and I really hope that you never feel that about my videos because I don't ever want to um, give that um, picture to people that I have it all together and everything's great because I don't have it all together. And, you know, it's taken me a long time to work to what I have got, but I'm still working on it. And we do, we work on it all our lives. So it's okay not to have um, everything perfect. And if you didn't see the last podcast I did, you should really go watch that before you watch this one because we talked about um, done is better than perfect and working towards things without feeling like you have to have everything perfectly sorted out and done and, you know, perfect food and perfect diet and perfect house and perfect everything, um, just doing what you can where you are with what you've got. So we talked about that in the last podcast, um, but Perfectionism really does bring a lot of stress and overwhelm and, um, you know, with your diet and changing your diet and, and being able to afford to eat a healthy diet, it is something that um, you've got to just do the best you can with. One question that I get a lot is, do you eat everything organic? No, I wish I could. Um, I probably couldn't even get everything organic in the small country town that I live in. I just do the best I can. So my CSA box is mostly pesticide-free or organic, um, and I get some. Um, I, I get organic grass-fed beef um, in bulk. But if I run out, I will sometimes buy beef from the supermarket. Um, I don't get organic lamb usually, although I'm looking at a place where I can get it. Um, but lamb is usually grass fed. So I feel like, well, that's okay. Um, I don't have certified organic chicken, but I do have pasture raised heritage breed chickens that I know are well looked after. Um, I don't have, let's see, I don't have all my veggies organic. I just get the best I can. And when I get to the organic store in the next town, I do a big bit of a buy up of the things that I know 
are important to have organic, like celery and leafy greens and things like that. But I often buy um, groceries at my local grocery store as well. So it's a case of um, just working out what areas you can afford to go organic in. And sometimes you'll be able to afford it and sometimes you won't. Sometimes you can get it, sometimes you can't. Um, and you just, we still healed. We didn't have the best of everything, but we still healed. And that was by focusing on natural whole foods and traditional foods and doing um, as much as possible, staying close to nature and having those healing foods in our diet. So to really cut down on the costs in our family, we focused on traditional, simple food for healing. We didn't spend a lot of money on supplements, testing, integrated doctors, holistic dentists, etc. for the two years that we were really working on healing and we used the GAPS protocol and just focused on food. So our, our healing was really mostly due to the food that we ate and reducing the stress and the toxins in our lives. Um, we talked to a lot of people online and other people who'd been through the same journeys. We talked to um, health professionals and practitioners online, just asking questions and reading their articles and listening to podcasts and reading books. And all of that information was free. Yes, you can get that one-on-one -on -one support and it's really, really good for um, getting you through those hard patches. But there's a lot of free help online when you're working on your health. Um, and we had friends who'd been through GAPS that coached us through it. And we just kept on a really basic um, whole food diet and worked on that. And then after a couple of years, we began adding in a few supplements, not a lot. Um, now and then we had a appointments for things that we needed to pinpoint and work on. Um, but honestly, just working on the food and lifestyle changes were our biggest um, healers. And, you know, that doesn't have to cost the earth. The biggest and most important lifestyle changes are free. Okay, reducing stress in your life, learning to let go of things, getting out in the sunshine and out into nature, um, swimming in natural lakes and rivers and beaches, getting out into the fresh air and going bushwalking with your family and camping and um, enjoying time outdoors. These are all really big for healing, for health and lifestyle, for health and well-being. And having that healthy lifestyle doesn't cost you. It's just something that we all have freely available to us. We also um, made sure we got plenty of rest, naps, if you need to get out in the sunlight and just sit um, instead of constantly running around. Gardening, which also helps with your bank balance because you can start growing some of your own food and it's great for well-being. Um, it's something that the whole family can get involved with. Um, turning off screens, sitting and have a cuppa, sitting and having a cuppa and having a chat at night, maybe playing a board game, doing some things like that together. Um, that's all part of a healthy lifestyle. Getting out in the backyard and playing with the kids, having having a time of prayer and meditation each day, having some time out, even if it's only five or ten minutes with a cuppa in the backyard. Um, these are all things that we put into our 
well, we were working on already, but we really focused on when we were healing and they didn't cost money. Um, so, you know, saying that changing your lifestyle is really expensive, mostly it's not. It's just making those super important decisions for your family and starting to heal um, in practical, everyday, doable ways. So just really think about resetting your expectations. Don't feel like you've got to do everything that everyone else does. Um, I know social media can be a big um, cause of dissatisfaction because you see what everyone else is doing and what they have and you just you think, well, why can't I be like that? Why can't I have all that? But you've got to realise that people have often worked up to that stage over many years. It's not all about doing everything perfectly, buying everything perfect, buying all the best superfoods and coolest health products, eating only the best organic foods. It's about taking small steps to improve your diet and lifestyle that are doable for you and your family. So keep it simple. Don't compare your journey to anyone else's. Um, just do what you can where you are with what you've got. These um, are the kinds of things that we talk about in our program. So the gut health formula program that Elise and I run together, um, we talk about how to figure out those health priorities, how to figure out what's most important for your family and for yourself um, and how to break those down into small steps and start working on them. Um, because we can get so easily overwhelmed with all the all the changes that we need to make. So here's a few of my tips for when you feel like it's all too expensive and I can't do this anymore. All right. Um, first of all, just remember that if you're trying to go into a healthy diet by um, going to the grocery store or the health food store and buying all organic food and all the little packets and the cool superfoods and the latest health products, yes, it's going to be very expensive. That's not how I did it and that's not what I would recommend. Those things are for now and then. Um, they're not something that I would base my whole diet on. My diet is based on traditional basic ingredients, whole foods, as close to nature as possible, um, meat, veggies, fish, eggs, seeds, nuts, um, good quality dairy, fermented dairy, butter, ghee, good oils, good fats, um, you know, your leafy greens, those kind of things. I'm not basing my diet on fancy superfood powders and protein powders and, um, you know, all these packaged exciting products that, Sure, you might want to try um, a superfood mushroom powder now and then, but that's not like something that you have to have for good health. Um, you do need great veggies, good quality meat, good quality eggs, those kind of things, but you don't need fancy powders and superfoods. Okay, so let's start with um, the way that you cook. I learned to cook from scratch growing up from scratches, you know, from basic ingredients and um, learned to make things myself that most other families bought. Um, we grew up having quite a tight budget in our home and um, we, mum made everything. So we helped her and learned that and it was great. We, we made our own breads and pizza bases and cakes and biscuits. We made our own 
um, you know, chips from potatoes we had. Um, we didn't even buy things like ice cream and soft drinks and pizzas and all of that very rarely until I was in my late teens and we had, you know, a little more income because a couple of us were working. Um, it was really very basic food when I was younger. And that's how I learned to cook. I also learned to use um, things that we grew in the backyard. We had a lot of things growing in the backyard, living in the tropical, warm, far north Queensland. It was all year round we could grow things. We also had beautiful local produce from the markets, from um, the grocery stores, all local in-season kind of foods. Um, and then we could buy them in bulk and we could get things um, a lot cheaper that way. Um, we also learned to buy bulk seafood and meat, um, and that saved us a lot of money. And I carried this on to my family when I had a fam, when I grew up and got married and had kids. Um, thankfully, mum had taught me this. And I know a lot of you probably haven't grown up doing all this. You probably, you know, I know a lot of people I talk to say they were told, get out of the kitchen. You're in my way. <laughs> and um, mum didn't let them help with cooking and shopping and planning and, um, you know, going to the markets and choosing vegetables. And so they didn't really know how to do that. Um, and it's really important that we teach our kids these things because otherwise, you know, they they start off on the back foot when they grow up and they have to try and learn it while they're an, as an adult. Um, so we had really good produce and we had um, the training we needed to to cook from scratch. So what I learned to do for my family and what I do now is um, I try to get as much in-season produce as I can. That's always going to be cheaper. Don't buy your cherries and stone fruit from the USA. Wait till it's in season in Australia and get it in bulk. Prepare it either roast it or um, you can do, you know, stew fruit or you can just chop it up and freeze it and then you've got fruit in the freezer for months. Um, every year at Christmas time, we end up with so many free mangoes because everybody grows mangoes here. And so we chop them up, put them in bags, put them in the freezer. I've still got two bags left from last Christmas and we're nearly at mango season again. We do things like um, get the bananas when they're on the throw-out thing and they're looking a bit brown and speckly, buy a few kilos, peel them all, pop them in bags, put them in the freezer, and then you've got bananas for smoothies and cakes. Um, so buy the produce when it's in season, when it's cheap, and buy in bulk and um, preserve it somehow. So fermenting, freezing, um, cooking and freezing, that kind of thing. Then um, also you can go to farmer's markets and get some really good deals on pesticide-free, even organic food. We get most of our um, gross, most of our produce we get through our community-supported agriculture scheme, which is a, also known as a CSA box. So that's a, a box of local produce with things like um, both veggies and fruit and eggs um, and I get that I get that once a fortnight because it's quite a big box um, and then I supplement that with other things that I buy locally um, and that will really help you to save a lot of money and it will also directly benefit your local producers who you really want to keep in business you don't want to have to buy overseas food 
Build up your pantry items little by little. If you have a tight budget, start putting away money until you've got enough to do a bulk order. And then you can either order through a co-op or you could go and order through um, a source bulk food store or a local health food store that does bulk prices. Ask for bulk prices. Ask them, how much do I need to order to get bulk prices? Um, there's a lot of online stores that will do this and you can get a wholesale order through them and just split the order with friends. I buy raw honey from local beekeepers. That ends up cheaper. I buy grass-fed meat, grass-fed organic beef um, from a local grower and um, they call me when they're going to um, do the next do the next butchering and then they let me know, would you like a quarter, half, whatever, and then I get that when I'm ready and then split that with friends if I need to. And it works out, for me, the beef works out to about $12 a kilo organic grass-fed. Um, chicken I buy from local chicken farm who also is um, they have the heritage breed chickens you've seen me use the chicken in my videos Belisato I love it um, and although it's not certified organic it is definitely pasture raised they run around in fields all day they're not in a shed they're not in a cage um, they have those lovely Marema dogs looking after them. They're very well cared for, very well fed, traditional, traditionally raised um, chicken. And so um, I get a bulk order from them once a month. Um, I get my eggs from a local free range place. Um, what else? Wild caught seafood. I also get locally. So you can, you can look into, um, what seafood you have locally um, that's wild caught and then buy that in bulk. If you start looking into what's in your area um, and especially try to go straight the, to the producer, if you can, or the farmer, um, you will find you'll get a really good deal and you can buy a big bulk amount and split it with friends if you need to and get a smaller price per kilo. Um, I'll show you some of the things that I buy in a minute. I'll show you inside my freezer and um, you can have a look at the kinds of things that I buy. All right, um, veggie gardens. I know a lot of you probably started or picked up um, the speed on your veggie gardening during the COVID lockdown. I did for a while and then I got a bit slack. It's looking like it needs some work out there. Um, but I do have lots of beautiful pak choy, herbs, um, turmeric, some horseradish. I've got mulberries. Um, what else have I got? Chives, spring onions. Um, you know, just the, some of the basics like that you can grow. If you can grow some leafy greens and herbs, I feel like you're already saving so much because every time you buy a little packet of fresh herbs um, and then three quarters of it, goes moldy in the fridge because you forget to use it, you know, and you waste most of the money. Um, if you can just go out and pick just what you need and it's so fresh and you're not wasting anything, it's just great. It's such a good feeling. Um, so that's something that anybody can do because you only need pots to grow herbs and um, some leafy greens. Do things like bulking out your meals with um, things like lots of veggies, beans or lentils if you can handle them um, and just use a little bit of the meat and about you know a good amount of veggies so 
Um, in my family, we mostly have meat in our main meals, but it's not a lot of meat. Like I did have someone um, send me a question not long ago saying, how do you afford to eat so much meat? Um, the meat is a small part of the dish usually for us. So it may be a quarter of the plate is meat or even less. And the rest is cooked vegetables, fermented vegetables, raw vegetables, like a salad. Um, if I do a soup, I can make soup for six people out of two lamb shanks. I can make, um, you know, a few chicken thighs into a great big stew for the whole family and have leftovers. So it doesn't have to be, um, you know, you're not using a whole chicken every day, for instance. You're using parts of that for a few different meals. Um, so mostly our meals are, the bulk of the meals is vegetables. Sometimes we'll have a bit of rice or legumes or um, polenta or something to bulk it out. But quite often it's just vegetables that bulks it out with a little bit of meat in there. So that does save a lot of money. Um, and always having those good condiments on on the side um, to help bulk out meals. So things like sauerkraut, um, homemade pate, because you want to get those organ meats in, um, butter, sour cream, cheese, grain-free breads, um, chutneys, all of those things come out of the fridge at mealtimes and get put on the counter, and that's part of the meal. So that people often say to me, you do quite small servings for your meals. We mostly use a small plate for our meals, not a big dinner plate. Um, and um, we use have the little condiments and finger foods like olives and things like that. Okay. Um, okay, bulking out meals also with soups and casseroles and stews, that does really help because the, the meat stock that they're based on will also give you the protein and the amino acids and things that you need um, and you, and it helps to fill you up, but it's not as expensive as chunks of meat. So sometimes we'll just have a, uh, like a minestrone soup without the pasta quite often, um, just bulked out with veggies and based on chicken stock. So there's actually not any meat in it. Okay. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we drink mostly water. Now and then we'll have a kombucha, but generally um, that's like a treat. Now and then we'll have some um, fresh orange juice or grapefruit juice because we get the citrus in our um, CSA box. Um, and we'll, but we won't just drink that straight. We'll um, water it down with mineral water. So then that does stretch out the, um, the drinks. We also bake our own breads, pizzas, muesli bars, cakes, biscuits, uh, muffins, all of that slices and only rarely buy them. Um, sometimes I'll make my own yogurt, sour cream, that kind of thing, but um, depending on my time. I used to make it all the time when we were doing gaps because it does, um, you can you can ferment it for, for 24 hours and really break down those sugars in the um, milk and it makes it much more easy to digest. But if you can handle bought yogurt, then, um, yeah, that's fine too. So custards, ghee, um, sauces, chutneys, all of that kind of thing I make myself. It's also a really good idea to, before you start deciding what you're going to go buy at the grocery store each week, have a look at your fridge, freezer, pantry, do a bit of a stock take on it, maybe on a Saturday or whenever you 
um, are at home, you've got time and write down what you've got to use. What's what's on hand? You know, what fresh produce have you got? What meals are already frozen in the freezer or sauces or um, cooked legumes or what do you have that you can use in the meals that week? Do a bit of a brainstorm on recipes that you can that you can make for that week. And then write your meal plan, even if it's just a basic list of five to seven main meals, write your meal plan out and then have that on the fridge. Get just the ingredients you need for those recipes and try to stick to that. And that will save you heaps because every time you go to the store, you're going to see something else you want. So the less times you go to the store, the better. Um, That really does help to save money if you use what you've got on hand first to make your meal plan. And then um, you won't double up on ingredients when you go shopping and you will save yourself money. All right. I will talk about meal planning in another video, but this time I just want to bring the focus back to bulk buying because that it that's probably the one thing that has saved me so much money on my groceries. Um, so I started, um, I, I became part of a co-op about 21 years ago. And um, for years, I was buying through that co-op. And then as time went on, that co-op finally um, finished up. But I do still buy with groups of friends. Now, I wanted to show you some of the things that I buy in bulk. I don't have a lot of um, grains and legumes in bulk now because I don't use as much of those anymore. I used to, um, when I was always making my own breads and things, I would buy a lot of the grains in bulk. Um, but now having done gaps, we focus more on meat, veggies, um, nuts, seeds, those kind of things. And we don't really use very many grains. Um, but I will buy like a five kilo bag of rice now, um, and, and things like that. And I usually buy my nuts, seeds, um, the oil, uh, and meat and seafood in bulk. And then, like I said, any fresh produce that I can get. So I'll give you a little peek into my freezer. I just want to show you um, how I organize my freezer for bulk foods. So I just got an order yesterday of bulk beef. Um, So this is our local organic grass-fed beef, and I think this is a quarter. So these three boxes here, I already had some bones left over from another um, order. And what I do is just cut the tops of the boxes open, and then it's all organized in my freezer and not just dumped out everywhere um over here i've just cleaned out my freezer so as you can see it's pretty empty but this is the area that i stack um pre-made meals at the moment there's a few um bottles of water and stuff for eskies um in here i put my baking um bulk orders like i get from source bulk foods um like three to five kilos of almonds at a time potato flour tapioca i'm just about out of a lot of things there in the kitchen in on the bench top um i do have some pre-made food so i've got some primal alternative pizza bases and biscuits i've got dried fruit um and some roasted almonds there um, over here I've got, so I save my fat off the top of stock and I use that for seasoning my pans. So that's tallow. Um, if I've got a lot of citrus, I'll go ahead and juice it and freeze it in bags. So that's lime juice there. I've got frozen pâtés, 
Under here, I've got frozen herbs. So if I've got a lot of herbs, I'll freeze them in bags. And I always reuse these bags, by the way. Um, in here, I've got frozen mango. So like I mentioned, I um, try to get fruit in season and freeze it. Frozen berries and passion fruit from my vines. Down here, I've got some bulk chicken. So this is from the local time. I've got um, livers, carcasses, feet, Marylands, um, fat, clams, fish. I'm just about to get a bulk order of fish today and I'll show you that when it comes. Um, bulk bacon. Um, yeah, so at the moment, my freezer looks a little bit empty, but once I start um, getting my bulk cooking sorted, this is going to be meals in here. And um, yeah, I usually just put whole boxes and whole bags into my freezer so that I can just take things out of it and it's all organized and the little things go in the baskets on top. This is how I store my pantry items as I take them out of the freezer. So I just fill up jars and keep them on the back of my bench here. Um, I've got some raw almonds here in this jar, cacao powder, linseeds, buckwheat flour, almond meal, tapioca, potato flour, sesame seeds, cashews, um, pepitas and sunflower seeds, and then my fermented foods hide around the back of the thermomix there in the dark. Um, so that just helps me to only have out what I need in for, you know, for a couple of weeks. Um, if I, if you keep all of your pantry items out in the open all the time, they can sort of get old and rancid, especially nuts. So nuts, seeds, um, flowers, I keep the bulk of them in the freezer and only bring out a jar full at a time. Looks a little bit crowded there on my bench, but you know, it's just useful for me because I don't have a big pantry. And then I keep some of my flour up in the cupboard there, like um, smaller packets and things up there and rice. This is my pantry drawer. So I keep small jars of things like lentils, um, dried fruit like sultanas, currants, um, nut meals, granola, nuts, things like that in here. So if I open a big packet um, and it will fit into a smaller jar, it just goes in here. Otherwise, sometimes it stays in the packets. So that's how I organize my pantry. And um, yeah, that's it. Pretty simple. Okay, I've cut the boxes open now. So you can see, I can just pull things out like that. It's much easier than having them all scattered through the freezer. Those are my grain-free sausages made specially for me. No starches. And in here, steak and roasts in that one. And usually I just write on the boxes so I know what's in there. Uh, and this one's got the brisket and um, stewing meat and mints all in that one and bones over there. Busy for dinner tonight because I've got a busy day. So um, I've just taken these sausages out and I'll let them thaw a bit and then I'll show you what I'm gonna do with these. My bulk fish has arrived. Usually it comes in a box and I just pop the box in there, but I'll just um, put these down here. So I've got Spanish mackerel, king salmon, that's a local um, white salmon fish, um, and barramundi, prawns, also got some oysters some calamari. 
that all locally. I thought you might like to see what came in my CSA box yesterday. So this is um, from far north Queensland where I live. We have a really wide variety of produce um, in this small area that I live in. We've got tropical and cool weather um, produce. So we have red papayas, tomatoes, the beautiful big ox heart tomatoes, um, cabbage, citrus, pumpkin, corn, zucchini, capsicum, sweet potatoes. Um, so this, oh look, caterpillars. This is, <laughs> this is all organic or pesticide free. Um, then we've got uh, locally grown grapes, um, peas, and there's actually some missing there because they've already been mm -hmm. eaten. Um, all sorts of greens. We get the tropical greens like abica and um, the vine spinach as well as kale silver beet yeah all sorts of things so um, we're pretty lucky with our beetroot pretty lucky with our produce up here um, but wherever you live you should be able to get CSA boxes they're just about available everywhere nowadays um, or some kind of co-op where you can order your produce and um, get it brought in and it's a lot cheaper when you when you're trying to eat more organic pesticide free kind of foods it's a lot cheaper to do it this way Okay, let's get dinner cooking. I have sausages that are thawed out somewhere. Oh, there's a cat. No, you can't have the sausages. This is Shadow. If you haven't met Shadow yet, he is a very bossy cat and he likes to ask for whatever we are eating. Okay, so what I'm going to do here is just bake these in the oven and then I'm gonna to make toad in a hole. Okay, the oven's on these in for about half an hour. I'll get some roast veggies in the oven while it's on, might as well. Whenever the oven's on, I like to get some roast veggies in there because it just saves time for other meals. Can use some for tonight and then use the rest tomorrow. When I do roast pumpkin, I just do a really quick version. Really often I learned this from Jude Bureau. So just cut it into wedges, skin, seeds and all. And then you stand it up on your tray and you just drizzle it with olive oil. And if there is seeds, which this one doesn't have much, but um, they go all crispy. Okay, so that's what I am doing here. Super quick way to make roast pumpkin. I think I might cut them in half because they're quite big. So there we go. Really quick and easy. Chop it up, drizzle it with a little bit of olive oil and a bit of salt and pepper and into the oven. Okay, the sausages are out of the oven and they're cooked through. Um, I'm just going to remove them from the dish for the moment. I know with traditional toad in a hole, you usually leave the sausages in and pour the batter over um, and the sausages end up on top somehow. But this is a grain-free batter and every time I've made it, the batter stays on top. So I remove the sausages, pour the batter in and then put the sausages back. Okay, so over here are the ingredients for my batter. Now I need, let's see, we've got 140 grams of almond meal. You can use nut or seed meal for this one. So you can use 
um, pepita seed meal if you can't have nuts. We need five eggs. Here I have some lovely homemade ghee. It's so easy to make. If you've never made it before, have a look in the links below in the show notes and there's a video um, showing how I make it. If you can't have ghee, then you could use coconut oil and we just need 200 grams of this. If it's not soft, then you need to melt it. So there we are, that's 200 grams of ghee. We need about a quarter of a teaspoon of salt, so just pinch-ish and 100 grams of water. And I'm just going to blend that all up. You can use any powerful blender. I'm going to use my Thermix and just mix it for one minute on speed eight. Okay, there's a beautiful smooth batter. Look at that, love it. Okay, so in the dish, I'm just making sure there's oil on the sides of the um, dish so that the batter doesn't stick. And then I'll pour it in. Okay, in it goes. That beautiful batter. Now with the sausages, I'll just mention that if you've got thin sausages, um, you probably only need to cook it for a bit less time, just until they're cooked through, so maybe 20 minutes. Um, but I've turned the heat of the oven down now to 180 and I'm just going to pop this in. There we go. The cheese is still cooking away. Look up some green veggies too. So these are the beautiful green beans from my veggie box. And all these beautiful baby bok choy. Aren't they gorgeous? bok choy in and I do believe the toad in a hole might be ready. Alright let's have a look. It's ready. Oh yeah how does that look? And here we go everything's ready at once so let's have a look. This is a grain-free toad in a hole. How about that? It's very fluffy and delicious. And it will sink a little, but it's beautiful. The pumpkin's ready. You can see the, the seeds are all crispy on top. No need to take them out. And the veggies. Delicious. So I just cut the um, toad in a hole into these sausages <laughs> squirting um, these are grain-free sausages so there's no fillers to mop up the oils which is how I like it so sometimes they do burst quite spectacularly so I just cut those up and then serve that with the veggies so there you go there's dinner and as you can see we only have a very small percentage of meat there and mostly veggies and I've really bulked it out to feed about eight people or more. I hope you found that helpful. 
I know um, it's a big thing to think about when you're first starting on a healthy eating journey and there's a lot to work out. But just try and take one or two little things to work on at first. Don't try and do everything at once. Don't go and chuck everything out of your freezer, pantry, fridge and say, I'm starting over. <laughs> little by little, change one thing at a time. Um, and maybe if you're on a tight budget, start putting aside a little bit each week um, and save up for a bulk order. That would be my biggest tip um, for saving money on your groceries is Put aside some money each week and when you've got enough, make a bulk order of meat or nuts or whatever it is that you find um, quite expensive that you could cut down on your costs with. All right, I hope you found that helpful um, and I will be back in a fortnight with some ideas that will help you with your meal planning and we'll also be talking about bulk cooking. All right. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.